you got cooking? How about cooking something up with me? Let's stir it up, boys. Welcome to the Boyd Seafood Outdoor Cooking Show. A weekly excursion into the fine art of preparing the world's most popular recipes under an open sky and an open flame. Boyd's One Stop is located at the base of the Texas City Dyke. Now, here's the old grill sergeant, Randy Hayes. Boy, it has been an eventful week, has it not? <laughs> well, I guess that depends upon your perspective to some degree. Or at the very least, it depends upon your location. Because the winter weather was worse north of I-10 than it was down south of I-10. But of course, that really wasn't the big story anyway, was it? The big story was how quickly the power grid broke down and left well over a million people without electricity just when they need it the most. Yeah, I haven't really seen any comprehensive analysis of why that happened or who's to blame for that happening. Yeah, we always got to find somebody to blame, don't we? But I'm sure there's going to be several studies conducted to figure all that out. I just hope and pray that you weren't severely affected by the whole mess. And I also hope and pray that if you did lose power, that you've got it back by now. Good grief, what a mess. I saw one person online who said something like, you know, I'm getting really tired of making history. <laughs> and we all know what he's referring to, don't we? Well, first of all, we had to wade through Hurricane Harvey. I mean, literally wade through it. And then COVID struck. Everybody just kept talking. I remember this. Everybody just kept talking about how they were looking forward to the end of the year 2020. And I even remember saying right here on the Boyd Seafood Outdoor Cooking Show, the year 2020 might go away, but the problems won't go away. And COVID still hasn't gone away, has it? Oh, and that reminds me, I told you last week I'd fill you in on how things went for Cindy and me when we got the second round of the COVID vaccine last Sunday, so I guess I should go ahead and do that first. Uh, we were scheduled for exactly 10.41 a.m. We arrived about eh, 10 minutes ahead of time. That's what they told us to do. But we quickly found out that they had moved that outside line we were worried about standing in. They'd moved that inside. So we never needed to worry about that in the first place. We were all bundled up for no reason at all. But the thing that amazed me was how deserted the place was. When we got the first round of the vaccine, the line just to get in the door was at least 30 people long. And we stood outside for at least 45 minutes before they took us inside to process us. But for the second round, things flowed very smoothly. We were out of there within a half hour. Yeah, our arms were a little sore the next day, but we had no side effects. You know, several medical experts have warned people that you might exhibit fatigue or achiness or maybe even some flu-like symptoms, but not us. We felt perfectly fine, never had any problems. The much bigger problem was the cold weather that caused that line to be moved inside in the first place, and we beat their shutdown by just a few hours. And to be fair, the cold weather really wasn't the problem, was it? Candidly, it didn't get as cold this time as it did in the Christmas freeze of 1983. 
Yeah, our little family learned a lot on that Christmas day in 1983. Uh, the pipes over the garage section of our house were exposed, and naturally, there was no insulation over the garage, so those pipes froze and burst. We had water coming out of the ceiling. It absolutely ruined Christmas for our family. And I mean our entire family. My parents, my wife's parents were visiting for the holidays. Jesus, I can still remember my father-in-law laying on his stomach in the attic with a hairdryer in his hand, trying to thaw the pipes in the wall that fed the kitchen sink directly below. It was a nightmare. My old Hudson and Harrigan show buddy Fred Olson called to wish everybody Merry Christmas. His pipes were fine. Of course they were. He grew up in Minnesota, so he left his faucets dripping the night before. We didn't. He was nice enough to let us draw some water into buckets so we could flush the toilets. Yeah, that was not pleasant. We had a plumber out to the house later that day to patch things up. Cost us an arm and a leg. Yeah, believe me when I say we learned a lot on that Christmas day in 83. We were much better prepared for this most recent freeze. What none of us were prepared for was the inadequacy of the Texas power grid. Am I right? Yeah, thinking back to the Christmas freeze of 83, we didn't have any of those problems back then. And it was quite a bit colder, like 11 degrees Christmas morning. So how did the Texas power grid actually regress over the last 30 to 40 years anyway? Like I said, I don't know the answers. But you can be guaranteed there's going to be a lot of people asking that question and several other questions I'm not smart enough to think of over the next few days and weeks and months. The bottom line here is the Texas power grid was actually better prepared in 83 than they were last week, and that's just unacceptable. In fact, it might even be criminal. Well, that's probably a little over the top negligent at best. But I saw at least one article that said after the hard freeze in 2011, you remember that one? Regulators had instructed power generation plants to upgrade their cold weather protection systems, and that obviously didn't happen. So somebody's got to answer for that. I mean, people have died because of this system failure. So this is serious stuff. It'll be very interesting to see what comes out of all of this. What a mess. We feel extremely fortunate because we only lost power a couple of times in the Hames family. We were blessed to have the space to have all the kids come over and spend the night and stay warm with Nana and Pop. So God smiled on us. We are eternally grateful for his divine providence. Thank you, Lord. But like I said, 2020 might have gone away, but the problems haven't gone away, have they? Well, I mean, stop and think about it. Even in sports, we Houston sports fans have had to endure losing James Harden and George Springer, and then J.J. Watt stirred up a firestorm, closely followed by the ice storm, right? Wow, fire and ice. How do these Game of Thrones references keep popping up in the monologue? I don't know. We could have used a couple of fire-breathing dragons these past few days, come to think of it. Well, anyway, uh, here's hoping and praying that your house didn't lose power. And if it did, here's hoping and praying that you've got it back by now. It's just a crying shame this ice storm happened in a year when there were no trail riders to enjoy it. <laughs> now, you know I'm kidding. But 
I've actually known dozens of dedicated trail riders over the years, and they do seem to actually revel in the hardships of cold and wet weather, don't they? I think they consider it something of a badge of honor that they've survived conditions like that, and Lord knows they love to tell the stories for years to come. But of course, due to the COVID crisis, the rodeo, and by extension, the trail rides have been canceled this year, and that means another monumental event is being lost, the World's Championship Barbecue Contest, the granddaddy of them all. And that's right in our wheelhouse here on the Boyd Seafood Outdoor Cooking Show. We usually host several different competitive cookers, even celebrities like Don Nelson. You remember him. He co-hosted with Jan Glenn on Good Morning Houston on Channel 13 for years. But he also headed up the cooking team for KTRK every year at the barbecue cook-off. Yeah, I'm sorry. I know it's actually the World's Championship Barbecue Contest. But I've gone to that event so many years, and I just can't help it. I still call it the barbecue cook-off once in a while. And make no mistake, I have worked at the bar- the World's Championship Barbecue Contest. I've done it for decades. And I know how extreme the weather can be out there on that parking lot. One night it can be freezing cold like this last week. And the very next night we could be standing around in short sleeves, sweating up a storm like J.J. Watt and Trent. Sorry, didn't mean to bring that up again. My fault. And there's that word storm again. Did you notice that? I got to stop doing that. So today on the Boyd Seafood Outdoor Cooking Show, we're going to talk with a past grand champion of the World's Championship Barbecue Contest, Darren Warth. His cooking team took home the big prize back in 2017, I think it was. Yeah, he's a man who knows his way around a barbecue pit. He's a true pit master. So stand by for some really cool cooking tips, tricks, and techniques from Darren. And I've given the day off to my old H&H show partner, Fred Olson, and instead we'll talk to Bill Olson, who's an outdoor writer and a barbecue expert, and not related to Fred, by the way. So even though we can't get back in the saddle again, we can at least eat like it's 1983. We can even shiver like it's 1983. Let's talk some Q. If your barbecue's gone up in smoke and your cooking reputation is at stake, stick around. The Old Grill Sergeant will be right back with more ideas and advice to make your next cookout sizzle. Boyd's One Stop. The name says it all. If you like seafood, you'll love Boyd's, conveniently located at the base of the Texas City Dyke. Boyd's One Stop has bait, tackle, fresh seafood, and even a restaurant, all at 227 Dyke Road. If you fish Galveston Bay, Boyd's is the one and only stop for everything you need. There's a reason why they're called the live shrimp capital of Texas. But they've also got lots of finger mullet, croaker, plus fresh dead shrimp, shad, and squid. Plus, Boyd's has tackle galore, ice and ice chests, and cold drinks and snacks. Just need fresh fish for a family seafood feast? The freshest seafood, like table shrimp, live blue crab, and crawfish when in season, is in stock and ready for you at Boyd's. And if you're hungry right now, check out Boyd's Cajun Grill Express right next door. With a wide variety of breakfast, lunch, and dinner items like crawfish, oyster po'boys, and fried seafood platters. Boyd's One Stop, the name says it all, 227 Dyke Road at the base of the Texas City Dyke. It's Randy Hames again. Everybody needs a video or a new website or help in managing their social media. And my company, Edgewater Digital, can help. 
We help small businesses navigate the intimidating world of digital marketing. You've got a business to run, and you don't have time or expertise to build and maintain your website all by yourself, and you certainly don't have time to generate content for it. And when's the last time you had an extra hour or two to manage your company's internet ads or social media accounts? Like, never, right? Well, at Edgewater Digital, that's what we do. We have a talented web design team who've built a number of incredibly successful websites for companies large and small. Need content too? No problem. Edgewater can provide copywriting, photography, and videography services to enhance the content on your website, email marketing, or even social media. We're a full-service digital marketing solution with a track record of success. Call us today at 832-500-4272 or see our website edgewater-digital.com. Randy Hames here, proud to introduce you to Belleville Meat Market, just 15 minutes south of Hempstead and 15 minutes north of Sealy on Highway 36 in Belleville. My good friends Jared and Marcus Poffenberger operate Belleville Meat Market, an old-fashioned butcher shop with superior products and great customer service. There's always a butcher on site at Belleville Meat Market, and their new processing plant is right next door. Hunters, a computer tracking system will follow your venison, wild hog, or exotics through every step of the process to ensure you get your meat your way. At Belleville Meat Market, you can pick and choose the cuts of beef, pork, or chicken you want, and they feature 28 flavors of pecan smoked sausage. Plus, Belleville Meat Market only uses lean pork in their sausage, so you get more meat and less fat. Tailgaters, drop by on your way to the game and get just what you need to feed your crew. Belleville Meat Market, just 15 minutes south of Hempstead and 15 minutes north of Sealy on Highway 36 in Belleville. Visit BellevilleMeatMarket.com or call 979-865-5782. Hey guys, Randy Hames here to tell you about my good friend Rick Allspa at the original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique in Kingwood. I've known Rick for years, and he's one of the finest Christian men I've ever met, but he's also got a dynamite hardware store at 2720 Westlake Houston Parkway in Kingwood. The original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique has everything you'd expect to find in a top-of-the-line hardware store, but with the personal service that's missing from the big-box stores. The original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique has tools and automotive, lawn and garden, electrical and plumbing, paint and hardware, all under one roof. But Rick is also an avid backyard chef, so the original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique features a complete barbecue pit house. From gas to charcoal grills to fryers and steamers, they've got it all at the original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique. They even offer grill maintenance and repair. Visit their website, allspas.com, or just drop by and see for yourself. The original Allspas Hardware and Boutique at 2720 West Lake Houston Parkway in Kingwood. Life is simple. Eat, sleep, grill. This is the Boyd Seafood Outdoor Cooking Show. Boyd's One Stop is located at the base of the Texas City Dyke. Now, here's the grill father, Randy Hames. We are pleased to welcome the 2017 Grand Champion of the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo's World's Championship Barbecue Contest, Darren Warth of Des Moines, Iowa. Hi, Darren. Hey, how are you, Randy? Doing well. First of all, congratulations on the big win in 2017. Thank you. Quite an honor for an Iowa boy to come to Houston and pull off a big upset. How'd you do it? You know, just consistency. You know, we travel around the country doing barbecue contest and it's just putting out a good i always call it a good average product <laughs> and we've also heard a lot of other competitive cookers allude to the l word luck do you agree oh yeah there's a lot of luck you know it starts with you've got to put good food on the table 
So you got to get food that's appealing across the spectrum to a variety of judges. So that's why I say kind of average food. You don't want anything too spicy. You don't want anything too sweet. You kind of want to find that middle of the road balance on food. And then you cross your fingers because there is a lot of luck in competition barbecue. And some days it just all seems to fall in place. And then other days it just seems to fall apart, right? (laughs) Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Now, before we proceed too much further, Darren, uh, we need to acknowledge that luck is only one element in any of these cooking competitions. Because 2017's big win at the Houston show is not... How shall we say, Darren's first rodeo? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you've won quite a few grand championships in the Kansas City Barbecue Society's sanctioned events. How many do you think you've won, Darren? You know, as far as barbecue competitions, uh, I think we've won 85, 86 state championships. And then we've got, with the individual categories, we've got 12 world championships. Well, what are some of the other notable victories that we might recognize? I I noticed that you did win the Kingsford Invitational, but what are some of the others? Yeah, the Kingsford Invitational. We won the American Royal Open, which is really one of the largest barbecue contests, over 500 competitors. We won the overall grand, the world championship in 2013 and 2016. So back-to-back, we're one of the only teams in the country to win every category at the American Royal. So we've won chicken ribs. We've won ribs twice, chicken once. We've won pork once. We've won brisket twice, both with perfect scores. You know, the American Royal has been very, very good to us. What about the Jack Daniels? Didn't you win that world championship too? Yeah, we, we were lucky enough back in 2014 to take grand championship honors at the Jack Daniels World Championship in Lynchburg, Tennessee. Quite a stage. You know, it was probably our top win as far as stage presence until you go to Houston and you know then you come to Houston and you get on top of that stage is 20 foot up in the air and 25,000 people over you that's probably the best win in barbecue so it is the granddaddy of them all it's different but it's the granddaddy of them all that's that's our goal every year is we want to figure out how to qualify to be back on champions corner in Houston. Some would say that Darren has the distinct advantage over other competitive cookers because he owns and operates three barbecue restaurants and a catering business. It's with your wife, Sherry, right? Yep. Give us all the details on that. The the names of the restaurants, uh, the locations, the catering business. Uh, actually, back up a little bit. We started on the competition circuit back in 2003 under the name of Smokin' Clones. And the Smokin' Clones was because we were big Iowa State Cyclone fans, and we were we were the first people in the gate when it come to tailgate for Iowa State football games. That was our love. And we were out there cooking at 6 o'clock in the morning, even though the game would be at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> that was just, that was our fun. So when we started in the competition barbecue, and I started right in the backyard, I found the American Royal. So in 2002, my wife and I, Sherry, we went to the American Royal, we said, wow, this is us. This is cooking, this is barbecue, and this is tailgating all wrapped up in one. We got to get into this. So instantly, we just bought a smoker, and off we go to enter our first barbecue competition. Let's go back a little further then. How did you actually get started smoking meat in the first place? <laughs> it was kind of a funny story. I was, I was a big hunter. We used to hunt pheasant and deer and stuff in Iowa. And I shot a couple of deer, took them to the deer locker to be processed. I went to pick them up and the, and the bill was $1,200 for this deer sausage. Wow! And even though I could afford it, I said, you know, a guy ought to be able to do this. So I got on the internet. I really started researching how to make sausage. And then I actually found barbecue. 
So I, I went out, I bought a little smoker and I got a pork butt and we started cooking pork butts and just playing around with how do you tend the fire and how do you use different seasonings and sauces. And that's when we found the American Royal. It just became a craze. So, you know, we go to the American Royal instantly. We're just addicted. <laughs> so in 2003, we start the smoking clones barbecue team, go to our first contest in Sedalia, Missouri, brand new smoker, easy up tents, pop-up camper. We're going to take this thing by storm. That night it rained four inches. It hailed three times. <laughs> there was at six o'clock in the morning, an 85 mile an hour downburst came through the, the site. So took my brand new easy up tents and melded them to the firebox of my smoker. <laughs> Everything was in shambles. I was done with competition barbecue. My wife looks at me and says, honey, you bought all this stuff. You better turn this meat in. <laughs> so we leave up to our ankles in mud and working out of the back of a suburban tailgate. We turned in our four entries, horrible day of cooking. We got two top 10 calls. We're addicted. We're on to the next one. I have more than one good friend, Darren, from the Kansas City area, by the way, and they all insist that there's a distinct difference in the style and the taste of KC barbecue and Texas barbecue. Can you explain that dynamic for us? Well, if you think about competition barbecue versus restaurant barbecue, if you will, you know, Kansas City barbecue is really based upon a lot of sweet sauces. So you're dealing with a spicy rub and sweet sauces, where in Texas, you know, sauce is kind of off to the side. You know, they're more of the salt, pepper, garlic on the brisket. Um, Kansas City, they've got those same ingredients, but not as pronounced. They're bringing in paprika and bringing a lot more color to their barbecue. But when you talk about competition barbecue, it's pretty much the same. I, I don't find much difference in, you know, we're cooking different meat. We're cooking a half chicken versus chicken thighs. But I really don't change anything in Kansas City versus Texas versus really anywhere around the country. Well, then there's Memphis style of barbecue. How is it different from KC in Texas? So Memphis style, they would cook their ribs, they would mop them, and before they serve them, they would actually rub a dry rub over the top of it after it's been cooked. And then Carolina, that's yet another style, right? Yeah. You know, when you think about Carolina, you're talking whole hog. And really, some are sweet barbecue sauces, but Eastern Carolina is known for its vinegar sauces. So a, a very vinegar, spicy-based barbecue sauce, almost like a liquid sauce, you know, a very thin, liquidy sauce versus a thick and goopy Kansas City sauce. And then you've even won a competition in Nevada. How does barbecue way out west compare to all these other parts of the country we've been talking about? You know, competition barbecue is pretty much the same. You know, restaurant barbecue yeah, it's different from Kansas City to Texas to Carolinas to Memphis. Everything else seems to be kind of a melting pot. You know, one of my favorite Texas barbecue joints is actually in Phoenix, Arizona. <laughs> you know, so you see you see melting pots of different styles out there around the country. Are judges for these competitions locally based, or do they travel around the country and judge all these contests in all these different parts of the country? Um, depends where you're at. If you're at the majors, judges are coming from all around the country. If you're cooking a local competition, then chances are they're probably within a three or four hour radius of there. Do you know these guys on a first name basis or is it all kept highly secret? You know, a, a few of them, but everything that we do, you know, like in KCBS, it's, it's all blind judging. So we're actually turning a box in with a number on the top. We turn it into a table captain who then changes that number to a different number 
keeps track of it, presents it to the table, they score it. So really there's no way for the judges to know whose food it's, it, they're eating. It's a double-blind system, which is good. How many different categories are there at the World Championship Barbecue Contest here in Houston? So in Houston, we cook three categories. And that's changing a little bit because normally if you bought a space in Houston, you could cook one category. So you couldn't cook all three. Now, us on Champions Corner, we've always been able to cook all three. Now everybody is cooking all three and not only that they used to just pick the highest overall score, but now they're taking the total of all three of your scores. Ah, I see. Now, this has been a great overview of barbecue cook-offs on a national scale. But, Darren, we want you to stick around for another segment so we can talk about uh, some specific cooking techniques for our backyard chefs. Can you do that? Yeah, that's our favorite thing to do. Stay patient. Dinner will be ready right after the smoke alarm goes off. Randy will be right back with more smoke and hot tips for you and your old plane right after this short break. Hey guys, Randy Hames here to tell you about my good friend Rick Allspa at the original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique in Kingwood. I've known Rick for years and he's one of the finest Christian men I've ever met, but he's also got a dynamite hardware store at 2720 Westlake Houston Parkway in Kingwood. The original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique has everything you'd expect to find in a top-of-the-line hardware store, but with the personal service that's missing from the big box stores. The original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique has tools and automotive, lawn and garden, a electrical and plumbing, paint and hardware, all under one roof. But Rick is also an avid backyard chef, so the original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique features a complete barbecue pit house. From gas to charcoal grills to fryers and steamers, they've got it all at the original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique. They even offer grill maintenance and repair. Visit their website, allspas.com, or just drop by and see for yourself. The original Allspas Hardware and Boutique at 2720 West Lake Houston Parkway in Kingwood. Boyd's One Stop. The name says it all. If you like seafood, you'll love Boyd's, conveniently located at the base of the Texas City Dyke. Boyd's One Stop has bait, tackle, fresh seafood, and even a restaurant, all at 227 Dyke Road. If you fish Galveston Bay, Boyd's is the one and only stop for everything you need. There's a reason why they're called the live shrimp capital of Texas. But they've also got lots of finger mullet, croaker, plus fresh dead shrimp, shad, and squid. Plus, Boyd's has tackle galore, ice and ice chests, and cold drinks and snacks. Just need fresh fish for a family seafood feast? The freshest seafood, like table shrimp, live blue crab, and crawfish when in season, is in stock and ready for you at Boyd's. And if you're hungry right now, check out Boyd's Cajun Grill Express right next door. With a wide variety of breakfast, lunch, and dinner items like crawfish, oyster po'boys, and fried seafood platters. Boyd's One Stop, the name says it all, 227 Dyke Road at the base of the Texas City Dyke. Hi friends, Randy Haynes to tell you about Cellular and Satellite. Cellular and Satellite are specialists in wireless data plans for businesses. Because they buy in large quantities, Cellular and Satellite can give you a data plan on the same provider you're using today, but at a lower cost. Cellular and Satellite can also combine the two largest wireless providers into a single data plan. Two carriers with better coverage, but only one invoice to pay. 
If your workforce is international, Cellular and Satellite offers a global data sim with fixed pricing in over 200 countries. You'll never have to pay international roaming charges again with Cellular and Satellite. And they can handle all your wireless data needs whether you need 10 or 10,000 data sims. So if you're an IT professional, mobility manager, or business owner, save money and increase your network availability by letting Cellular and Satellite simplify your wireless life. Call Cellular and Satellite today, 832-551-1000, or go to CellularAndSatellite.com. Randy Hames here, proud to introduce you to Belleville Meat Market, just 15 minutes south of Hempstead and 15 minutes north of Sealy on Highway 36 in Belleville. My good friends Jared and Marcus Poffenberger operate Belleville Meat Market, an old-fashioned butcher shop with superior products and great customer service. There's always a butcher on site at Belleville Meat Market, and their new processing plant is right next door. Hunters, a complete computer tracking system will follow your venison, wild hog, or exotics through every step of the process to ensure you get your meat your way. At Belleville Meat Market, you can pick and choose the cuts of beef, pork, or chicken you want, and they feature 28 flavors of pecan smoked sausage. Plus, Belleville Meat Market only uses lean pork in their sausage, so you get more meat and less fat. Tailgaters, drop by on your way to the game and get just what you need to feed your crew. Belleville Meat Market, just 15 minutes south of Hempstead and 15 minutes north of Sealy on Highway 36 in Belleville. Visit BellevilleMeatMarket.com or call 979-865-5782. Stand back. We've got our grill on. This is the Boyd Seafood Outdoor Cooking Show. Boyd's One Stop is located at the base of the Texas City Dyke. Now, here's the grill father, Randy Hames. We are especially honored to have the 2017 Grand Champion from the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo's World's Championship Barbecue Contest on the show today, Darren Worth of Smokey D's Barbecue Cooking Team. Glad you could hang around for another segment, Darren. Hey, glad to be here. The World's Championship Barbecue Contest is one of the biggest in the country, and the competition booths are pretty elaborate, and that begs the question... When do you arrive, and when do you start setting up for the contest? Normally, people load in between Sunday and, and Wednesday. How long does it take you to set up? It takes me about five minutes, because I you know <laughs> I pull a 40-foot trailer with my pit already on it, so all I do is back into my spot, level it up, and pull away from it, and I'm ready to go. Well, now, here's a question that a lot of people ask me all the time. Do you bring the meat you plan to cook and enter in the competition, or do you purchase it after you arrive in town? I'm actually bringing most of the meat. So I've got ribs and brisket that I'm bringing from Iowa. I actually prefer, I don't like to freeze my chicken, so I'm actually going to shop chicken there locally. So do you smoke multiple briskets and choose the best one as your official entry? Explain how that works. Well, you know, in Houston, they actually tag your meat, so you're only allowed to cook. They actually put a shipping metal shipping tag through every piece of meat that you cook. So you're only allowed to cook two briskets. Normal competition I only cook one, you know, because in the past when we cooked two, one brisket was always better than the other. Since I started cooking one, I've never had that problem. Really? Why do you think that's so? Well, you just focus more on it. But, you know, the less choices you can make at turn-in time, ah. you know, the better off you are. You know, <laughs> because it's a very quick turn-in time. you got about a five-minute, ten-minute window here that you've got to make things happen and get it done. And it's very quick. It's very hurried. 
And so the less decisions you can make and the more prep you have going into that, the more successful you're going to be. Now, the Boyd Seafood Outdoor Cooking Show is all about teaching our backyard chefs new techniques they can use at home. And Darren is the perfect guest. So let's begin by having you tell us how do you choose the cuts of meat you're going to be cooking and entering into a competition? What do you look for, first of all, in a brisket? In a brisket, I'm looking for marbling. Now, in competition barbecue, I'm going to order in a pretty expensive Wagyu brisket. So it's an American Kobe brisket that we're going to order in. We're looking for the best of the best. So we're looking for a little thickness in the flat, but I'm more interested in those white striations of fat all the way down the brisket. I try to find one as marbled as I can. The more marbled it is, the more juicy it's going to be on the end and the more tender it's going to turn out. Then... Tell us the same thing about ribs. So ribs, anytime you're dealing with ribs, I'm looking for this dark red color. I don't want a lot of fat on the top of them because there's still a presentation type. You know, if it looks good, it tastes good. But I'm looking also for that really heavily marbled rib. So you want those white striations through there. And, you know, in geek terms, science geek terms, that means the pH level is very high. And pH level high in pork means juicy pork in the end. And is your third entry chicken? Yep, and then we're cooking half chicken. So, um, you know, in the past, we've cooked about a three and a half pound bird. Well, now we're turning into chicken halves with a bigger box. So I'm probably going to move up closer to the five pound bird. Now let's move on to the preparation stage. Darren, do you prepare different cuts of meat differently? Give us the details on that. We'll start with chicken. When I'm cooking chicken, I'm actually going in and I'm spatchcocking that chicken, which, you know, really what I'm doing, turning the chicken breast side down, I'm taking some kitchen shears and I'm cutting on both sides of that backbone and then splitting that chicken open. In Houston, we kind of have to leave them together as one, but then you cut them apart at the end. So I'm trying to prep that chicken so that I've just really got a piece of skin that's connecting those two halves because I know at some point I'm going to have to cut that. And I don't want it to be a, a carving technique because it's going to have sauce already on top of it in order for it to look pretty in a box. I'm going to always begin with the end in mind on anything. You know, when I do it, I'm always thinking about the end product. So I want to make it very easy that I can make one knife cut at the end and put it in the box. And do the same thing for brisket and ribs. Yeah, brisket and ribs. I'm going to trim off that point on the brisket. I'm going to make it pretty level and flat. I'm going to take all the silver skin. Sometimes there's a little silver skin on top of that brisket. And I'm going to carve that off just very slightly with a sharp knife because I want to make sure that when the jet goes to take a bite of that, that there's no tension whatsoever that they get that tenderness. But I'm also going to box cut that brisket, we call it, which means I'm going to only trim it probably eight inches wide, knowing that that brisket's going to shrink so it'll fit right in that seven and a half inch box. And ribs? And ribs, I'm going to cut them. You know, normally on the circuit, we cut a spare rib all the way down to St. Louis style. Um, and trim them so they're probably four inches. In Houston, I'm probably going to leave those a little longer. They're used to cooking full spare ribs down here. So I'm actually going to leave those ribs probably five or six inches long, trim it down so that I've got consistent meat all the way across that rib. So I don't want a, a rib that's an inch and a half thick on one side and a half inch on the other. I'm looking for that rack of ribs that's very, very consistent mm-hmm. all the way across the rack from a rib height and thickness That way, it's all going to cook the same. Now, let's talk about building the fire. Give us a detailed explanation of how you build a fire. So, I cook on a jambo pit, which is an all-wood-burning pit. Uh, I actually, when I start my fire, I put, I I call it the jambo bags, but I buy a little 
six pound bag of Kingsford competition charcoal. On top of there, I put a little bit of lump charcoal. So lump charcoal burns really hot and fast. The Kingsford gives me a little longer coal base. And then I'm going to put everything I cook with pecan. I cook uh, with kiln dried pecan wood. I'm going to light a little fire starter. I'm going to bring that fire up low and slow. And so it's just going to, it's going to take about 45 minutes for that fire to get nice and raw and hot. And then I'm going to close that door on the pit and start dampering down, getting that temperature to where I want it to be. And how do you maintain that fire for a long period of time? You know, the, the secret to whether it's in the backyard or any competition is a small, clean fire. So don't try and stuff the firebox full and try and figure out why I can't keep my temperature down. You know, so <laughs> instead of cranking down, you know, the, the vents and most smokers have a, you know, a vent for the firebox and a vent on the stack. If they don't, you're probably got kind of the wrong smoker, mm -hmm. but you want to be able to control that. I control most of that heat by that firebox. Once my jambo gets set, I'm pretty much throwing a log every 30 minutes, but I try and keep that wood trim small just a nice small hot fire if you need to get a little hotter fire you can open up the vent a little bit you can throw another stick of wood on there but the secret to having a nice clean fire is to keep it small less is more huh less is more when it comes to fire control okay let's throw the meat on the fire now darren are you a move it around kind of guy or leave it alone i'm pretty much a leave it alone guy i've got certain places on the smoker that my brisket and ribs they've been going in there for years and years and years the only thing that i do i actually do like to start my brisket out really hot so there's a what we call the microwave shelf on a jambo it's a top shelf that is up by the stack that's pretty hot, runs about 100 degrees hotter. I like to run it up there and, and kind of get a sear on that brisket, and get that bark really set nice, and then I bring it back down and cook it like normal. Do you back time the cooking of the meat to coincide directly with the time at which you deliver the finished product, or do you finish it up and just keep it warm? In most, you know, chicken we try and hit pretty close within a five or 10 minute window, we're gonna do it. I've found with ribs, I really like my ribs to rest, you know, we'll, we'll cook ribs dry and then we'll put them into foil and try and steam them. We start with a dry heat and then we want a moist heat to really tenderize them and get them nice and tender. And when they come out of the pit, I actually want to put them into what we call a cambro. You can put them in a cooler, anything like that. Those ribs are best when they've set for about 45 minutes. I've done a lot of testing over time with letting you know a rib right off the cooker versus sitting 20 minutes 40 minutes or an hour and what i've found is 40 minutes is an optimum they just seem to regain their moisture and, and are a lot juicier after 40 minutes it's the same after an hour but you got to eat them at some point <laughs> well we'll eat them at any point you offer well obviously there won't be a world's championship barbecue contest this year but hopefully it'll be back by next year. So where can we find you and your cooking team if we just want to drop by and visit? Say hello. Well, I'm not sure the exact booth number, but we're we're on Champions Corner. So normally Champions Corner is right outside the main stage. Do you have a website, social media? Yep. Everything that we do is under SmokeyD'sBBQ.com. That's our website. We're the same on Facebook or on Instagram, SmokeyD'sBBQ.515. Darren, thanks for your time. We'll see you next year out at the rodeo, okay? Okay, sounds good. We look forward to it.
Life is short. Grill while you can. Randy will be right back with more food and fun after this break. Randy Hames here, proud to introduce you to Belleville Meat Market, just 15 minutes south of Hempstead and 15 minutes north of Sealy on Highway 36 in Belleville. My good friends Jared and Marcus Poffenberger operate Belleville Meat Market, an old-fashioned butcher shop with superior products and great customer service. There's always a butcher on site at Belleville Meat Market, and their new processing plant is right next door. Hunters, a computer tracking system will follow your venison, wild hog, or exotics through every step of the process to ensure you get your meat your way. At Belleville Meat Market, you can pick and choose the cuts of beef, pork, or chicken you want, and they feature 28 flavors of pecan smoked sausage. Plus, Belleville Meat Market only uses lean pork in their sausage, so you get more meat and less fat. Tailgaters, drop by on your way to the game and get just what you need to feed your crew. Belleville Meat Market, just 15 minutes south of Hempstead and 15 minutes north of Sealy on Highway 36 in Belleville. Visit BellevilleMeatMarket.com or call 979-865-5782. It's Randy Hames again. Everybody needs a video or a new website or help in managing their social media. And my company, Edgewater Digital, can help. We help small businesses navigate the intimidating world of digital marketing. You've got a business to run and you don't have time or expertise to build and maintain your website all by yourself. And you certainly don't have time to generate content for it. And when's the last time you had an extra hour or two to manage your company's internet ads or social media accounts? Like never, right? Well, at Edgewater Digital, that's what we do. We have a talented web design team who've built a number of incredibly successful websites for companies large and small. Need content too? No problem. Edgewater can provide copywriting, photography, and videography services to enhance the content on your website, email marketing, or even social media. We're a full-service digital marketing solution with a track record of success. Call us today at 832-500-4272 or see our website edgewater-digital.com. Hey guys, Randy Hames here to tell you about my good friend Rick Allspa at the original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique in Kingwood. I've known Rick for years and he's one of the finest Christian men I've ever met, but he's also got a dynamite hardware store at 2720 West Lake Houston Parkway in Kingwood. The original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique has everything you'd expect to find in a top-of-the-line hardware store, but with the personal service that's missing from the big box stores. The original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique has tools and automotive, lawn and garden, electrical and plumbing, paint and hardware, all under one roof. But Rick is also an avid backyard chef, so the original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique features a complete barbecue pit house. From gas to charcoal grills to fryers and steamers, they've got it all at the original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique. They even offer grill maintenance and repair. Visit their website, allspas.com, or just drop by and see for yourself. The original Allspas Hardware and Boutique at 2720 West Lake Houston Parkway in Kingwood. Boyd's One Stop. The name says it all. If you like seafood, you'll love Boyd's, conveniently located at the base of the Texas City Dyke. Boyd's One Stop has bait, tackle, fresh seafood, and even a restaurant all at 227 Dyke Road. If you fish Galveston Bay, Boyd's is the one and only stop for everything you need. There's a reason why they're called the live shrimp capital of Texas. But they've also got lots of finger mullet, croaker, plus fresh dead shrimp, shad, and squid. Plus, Boyd's has tackle galore, ice and ice chests, and cold drinks and snacks. Just need fresh fish for a family seafood feast? The freshest seafood, like table shrimp, live blue crab, and crawfish when in season, is in stock and ready for you at Boyd's. And if you're hungry right now, check out Boyd's Cajun Grill Express right next door with a wide variety 
variety of breakfast, lunch, and dinner items like crawfish, oyster po'boys, and fried seafood platters. Boyd's One Stop, the name says it all. 227 Dyke Road at the base of the Texas City Dyke. May the forks be with you. This is the Boyd's Seafood Outdoor Cooking Show. Boyd's One Stop is located at the base of the Texas City Dyke. Now, here's the guy who turns all the grills on, Randy Hames. Say hello now to a fellow broadcaster and a well-known member of the Texas Outdoor Writers Association, Bill Olson. How you doing, Bill? Good, good. Good morning to you. Right up front, let's clarify, Bill is no relation to my old radio partner for 30 years on the Hudson and Harrigan show, Fred Olson, or at least I don't think you are, right, Bill? Uh we both sound like we're Swedes, but uh, <laughs> no, as far as I know, we're, we, we are not very closely related. And just to prove that all us broadcasters are professionally inbred, if you will, <laughs> Bill co-hosts Texas Outdoor News with Harold Gunn, and Harold Gunn is a good friend of Fred Olson's and mine. We've been colleagues with him for decades. It's kind of like that game, Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon, <laughs> where everybody in Hollywood is connected to Kevin Bacon by virtue of one project or another. And the same thing can be said for Harold Gunn and almost everybody in the Houston media world. We're all linked to Harold Gunn somewhere along the way. As a matter of fact, I've got this story, Bill. One day, we were on the air and Harold Gunn was up at the radio station. I don't remember why. And my partner, Fred Olson, had found a 45 RPM record of a guy who plays his hands. Have you ever seen that before where you squeeze your hands together and you make that little squeaky noise? But this guy was so good at it that he could literally play a song. And so this 45 RPM record was a Christmas carol playing with his hands. And so we called Harold into the studio and we said, Harold Gunn's here. Say hello, everybody. We understand, Harold, you can play your hands. He said, yes, I can. I said, so here's a little music bed. Play us a Christmas song. And so I just played that 45 song and we all just howled all the way through it. And Harold played along. And and that's the only family-friendly story I can tell about Harold Gunn, so we'll leave that right there, okay? You got any good Harold Gunn stories you want to tell, Bill? <laughs> as far as Harold, biggest question that most people ask is how I have been a broadcast partner with Harold Gunn for 26 years, <laughs> and I think that story would probably take more time than we've got today. <laughs> <laughs> Bill also publishes one of the most respected outdoor magazines in the business. It's called Texas Outdoors Journal. Tell us how that got started, Bill. Um, interesting. I come from a real estate development investment background. My dad was a real estate developer and investor. I'm still a real estate broker, but um, back in the 90s, there wasn't any money for good real estate deals. I've been fortunate to have a successful career, both fishing and hunting over the Western half of the North American continent, as well as um, coastal sections of the Gulf Coast and, and Lang Seaboard, and had started doing some freelance writing. Didn't think that there was a magazine that really covered Texas like it should be covered. The fact that we've got the climate and the resources to fish and hunt year round. So, on a lark, started Texas Outdoors Journal, thought it would probably be a three or four year project, sell it and go back to my roots. 
And Randy, goodness gracious, here we are 27 years later and uh, still at it and expanding. And the Texas Outdoor Writers Association has recognized Texas Outdoors Journal as one of the best major outdoor publications in Texas for 19 years in a row. There is no other magazine that can claim that. So how do we get a copy, Bill? Tell you what, they're available on newsstands or you can go to our website, which is quite simply the magazine name. Texas Outdoors Journal. Make sure it's outdoors with an S, texasoutdoorsjournal.com. And it goes without saying that Bill is an avid outdoorsman. He loves to hunt and fish. We could do a whole segment, probably a whole show, on his exploits afield, if you will. But today's topic of interest on the Boyd Seafood Outdoor Cooking Show is the World's Championship Barbecue Contest at the Houston Rodeo. And Bill's got some history there, too. Right, Bill? Oh, outstanding. Uh, you, you're really bringing back some fond memories. Yes, uh, my late wife, Ann, along with some other great team members, uh, Mimi and Tom Dompierre, Garnet and Roberta Von Eif, Eddie and Lorraine Dabosky, um, Roland Fulton and, and Beth Fulton, and uh, Larry and Rhonda Stevens. That was the team. And um, Jim Hogan, Beth Fulton's dad, was a gentleman that built refineries and did upgrades. He's a contractor. And he designed one of the first big rigs, 45-foot triple axle. We could cook 350 pounds on an engineered pit and had a flat burner, the old roll-top beer cooler, stainless steel, really a classy rig for the time. And Randy, let me tell you, I know this is a family-oriented show, but <laughs> the Friday nights were when everybody, all the teams would have um, their invited guests over and party. Yeah. Saturday was a public day, and then the judging actually took place on Sunday. Of course. Well, let me tell you, there's a lot of stories that we can't share on the air about Friday nights. <laughs> but uh, let me just let your imagination run wild that there was an adjoining team that had brought a hot tub in as part of their area decoration. Oh, my. Yes. And let me just say today, hot tubs are no longer allowed. (laughs) (laughs) As a direct result of that incident, eh? As a direct result of that incident. But from that, great barbecue was cooked a great time and, of course, continued the tradition of the um, plunge race for education uh, done by the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. Got any good stories you can tell us? Sure. Um, I remember one year, you remember back in about 83, there was a musician that took uh, an Irving Berlin song and redid it. His name was Taco, and it was called Putting on the Ritz. Oh, yes. That year, our theme was uh, we, we went out and had our jeans, we had our boots, we had our hats. But Ventura Formal Wears sponsored us. They provided tails for all the guys and gals. and. Um, that year, besides placing in the top 10 for me, we also won uh, Best Looking Area and for our theme of putting on the Ritz. So absolutely a great time and uh, a lot of fond memories, you know, cooking. And I can tell you that our success can be attributed to my late father-in-law, who was a rancher. He was a rodeo stock contractor. In fact, had the most famous bull. It's actually buried at the Cowboy Hall of Fame in Oklahoma City by the name of Tornado. Wow. Uh, John Williams from Colorado County. We had been cooking, and the original team had used some recipes that really just had the meat very flat. John, cooking at the ranch in Colorado County, would use a sugar-based rub 
he had his own soft that he created. And that year, we were getting ready to prepare. And I said, hey, we're not doing anything with the way we've been cooking meats in the past. <laughs> Let's use Big John. But we used his recipe. And with that, we placed in the top 10 for the first time. Went on to the Montgomery County Fair, uh, where they had their cook-off. And we won that event and came back the next year and rep represented the Montgomery County area at the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo Barbecue Cook-Off. And then followed that up with another win in Austin at the uh, Austin Barbecue Cook-Off in conjunction with their rodeo. So um, it was pretty exciting to hear your team name called and be named best brisket at a, at a barbecue cook-off of that size. Well, I remember the radio station had a booth. Every year, we were on the very first lane that was closest to NRG and the Astrodome. Mm -hmm. And one year, Kevin Fowler was our artist in the tent. And we had a large crowd of people who wanted to see Kevin Fowler. And during one of his... Um, faster, more upbeat songs, a young lady jumped up on stage and began to dance. And it was apparent very quickly that she had some experience in dancing on stage. And I'm not talking about the Houston Ballet, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and various and sundry articles of clothing began to disappear along the way. And it became a rather awkward but uh, riotous situation. Uh, Kevin didn't seem to mind in the least bit, uh, so she continued unabated until law enforcement arrived, if you understand what I mean. Yeah, some, somewhat akin to that uh, hot tub story I was telling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I probably see a little connection there, Bill. Well, we've run out of time, and we never even got around to talking about cooking, but we did talk about what a good time it is to go to the World's Championship Barbecue Contest at the Rodeo. This has been Bill Olson of Texas Outdoor News and Texas Outdoors Journal. Thanks for talking to us, Bill. And next time you talk to him, tell Harold Gunn to keep his hands to himself, okay? I will. Thanks, Randy. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of the Boyd Seafood Outdoor Cooking Show. Send us your burning questions and favorite recipes in a private message on our Facebook page, The Outdoor Cooking Show. Or visit our website, theoutdoorcookingshow.com. Join us next week for more tasty food and fun over a red-hot grill on the Boyd Seafood Outdoor Cooking Show. I was about cooking something up for me.